Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week, we're talking about the re-release of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, but first, the Brooklyn Banks, which looks to be in danger of total unskatability. The famed Brooklyn Banks have been drawing skaters to the city for a generation. It was closed in 2010 for bridge repairs, and this past week, the bricks started coming up, increasing fears that the spot may be lost forever. Jason, you went to college in New York. Got any good Brooklyn Bank stories? Yeah, that that's right. I got a few. Well, first of all, like in the first couple of weeks, I got my board jacked. So welcome to New York. Exactly. Welcome to New York. And um, just seeing a lot of ripping go down stuff. I think I was there the day that Rob Welsh switched 360 flipped over the wall. Like I was up there and like he was kind of kick flinging them around and it looked like he was you know, you know coming close and shit. That was pretty tight. I uh, think the same day, Kayla switched back side 180 heel flipped over the wall. I was like down by the ledges and I heard like a commotion or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I think he landed then. Uh, what else? One time I was there, Kareem was trying to lip slide the rail when the rail was still there. Damn. And uh, he didn't land it. He was, at one point, he was just like, fuck it, it's too cold. He was over it. Another funny 90s type story. I uh, was, you know, skating the small bank. Ryan Hickey was sitting on the wall, and I landed like uh, totally like illusion style, like switch hard flip to fakie. And he was like, because that was the thing about the wall, like it was like the um, what you call it, the gallery or whatever, or like you know the judges or whatever. Yeah. The judges would sit like there was a hierarchy of you know sitting with the cool guys or whatever. So. I did this like totally illusion style switch hard flip to fakie, and he was like, Psh, nah, or something. Oh, damn. <laughs> so I got vibe. But I, I, in retrospect, I deserved it because that, I, mean, I guess it was an okay trick for the time, but I deserved it. So yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> also, one, one thing people don't know is Brian Brown used to fucking kill that place when he was a little Grom. Like he won like every contest and shit. So Brian Brown, you know. A lot of people don't know, but he fucking, you know, killed that place when he was a little kid. Dope skater, to be sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. When I think of little kids at the Brooklyn Banks, I think of Javier Nunez. He had a Wheels of Fortune, and it was, like, almost exclusively Brooklyn Banks footage. Yeah. And it's just, like, you know, that was, like, one of the earliest 411s I ever saw, and that's just kind of, like, that vibe of the Banks is what's, like, burned in my head as to, like, what the Banks is, you know? Like, graffiti and just, like, dirty looking and just very like gritty street new york javier had that uh switch flip over the wall that was in the trilogy menace section right yep yeah like the iconic the sweatshirts like a quadruple xl <laughs> because it's on a little ass kid <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty iconic stuff that's like ingrained in my memory as well yeah like at a certain point, like 98 or whatever, it was more like a meetup spot because at that point, Newport was the spot. So I'd mainly just go down to Newport. Newport, if you don't know, is like those benches that some uh, some genius put angle iron on down by the East River. Like uh, you might remember it from like Papalardo and Photosynthesis. He does that weird like alley-oop backside 180 fakey 5 revert yeah. on one of the benches there. Yeah, that spot seems actually way better than the Brooklyn Banks. Uh, Mike, did you ever skate the Banks? Never made it to the Little Banks. What were those? Those were decommissioned. Is the timeline the same, like 2010 for everything, where um, both the small side and the bigger side were kind of rendered off limits? I feel like the small side 
went first. Okay. Because the big side was kind of turned into a sanctioned skate park for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I never made it to the little banks and just like on the little banks side of things for the longest time, I kind of didn't get that spot. Like I understood launching over the wall onto the off ramp, but, um, just in terms of like how people skated them, like land on top and have that like stall out to ride in. Like it didn't click until later for me to fully understand how rad the small banks were. But, um, I did make it to the big banks summer of 2008. A buddy had just moved to New York, um, like graduated school. So he moved out there to get a job. I went out there and we were kind of just living it up. But uh, he had to look for a job one day. So I was just out like solo in Manhattan. Ended up at the banks. and Brian Herman and Atiba and some other people of that ilk who I don't remember were there. I watched Herman just like popping Ollie over the rail real casual and like going hella slow. And then... um. I was probably hung over, so I was moving pretty slow, but um, I got a wall ride fakie on one of the bank to walls, which are definitely like more rugged than I expected, as were all those bricks. And um, that was pretty much all I had in me because it was like, oh shit, this is this is gnarly. Like I'm skating 50s and they actually worked in most of the city at that time, but not at the banks all that well. So I think I went to McDonald's and got some lunch. Classic you, uh, move, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I I got like the the little package experience. Um, you ever make it there, Templeton? Yeah, I went. Um, my freshman year of college had a skate buddy from New Jersey, northern New Jersey. So we went to stay at his parents' house and made the pilgrimage to New York. And um, yeah, the Banks was like our first stop, and that was the first time I'd been to New York since I was like five years old. So like, I remember like emerging from the subway to like the city and just you know kind of crazy experience to just be in new york for the first time as an adult and then go skate the banks and really i don't i don't have any cool stories from it um you know i probably did like some kickflips or 360 flips to fakie maybe did a wall ride i don't know it wasn't super memorable but my homie did ollie the nine which was pretty sick damn yeah i think the small bank started to uh going to disrepair or disuse around 2002 like I th- they started using it as a parking lot and then it just got all grown over and shit and i think that's the way it is now like it's weird so like not an official decommissioning but what the city started parking cars there i'm starting to remember a little bit better and yeah decrepit. yeah yeah they might still park cars up there and like all all these like you know plants started to grow through the cracks in the bricks and it just you know just looks pretty shitty and overgrown like a uh post post apocalyptic kind of skate spot i guess are the banks in uh call of duty have you found them yet oh the banks aren't in call of duty they are in the division two okay uh, yeah that's there we go there we go yeah it's one of yeah it's it's like a uh, mission there and you can see like you know the arch and the big banks and Small banks and go up the hill to the police station and stuff. That's kind of cool. Shout out to Division 2. Sick. So I know there's there's a petition. There's a lot of earnest work going on to, you know, do whatever skaters can do to save the spot. Where do you guys stand on, like, spot preservation in this vein? Well, uh, the most recent information that uh, Quarter Snacks posted, basically, and I'm just looking at it right now, kind of paraphrasing, 
basically said that, that they're going to be doing construction like on the arches and shit on and off for the next 10 years. Like bridge repairs. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, bridge repair. Yeah, pretty much. So who knows? People said, I think in the comments, that they removed the bricks because it's not a good surface for like staging a construction project, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, I imagine heavy equipment would like destroy the bricks and then just make yeah. make the work site more difficult for everybody. Yeah, so I guess people, there was a petition or something, so hopefully they can work something out, like it work with the TF, so... I don't know. I kind of look at it like uh, both ways. Like in a way, I'm kind of like zen about it. Like you know, fuck it. Like skate spots come and go as part of life. But on the other hand, it's, it's such an important part of the culture. You know what I mean? That I think it's worth preserving in some form or fashion, if possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, it's like as skaters, you know, we don't have any ownership over a lot of our most important spots. So it's just kind of comes with the territory that they come and go, you know, and Brooklyn banks is maybe one of our most historic skate spots. It's been around for so long and, you know, basically any skater of a certain age can rattle off at least a handful of tricks that come to mind when that spot comes up. So certainly worth preserving if skate spots are being preserved. But I also think that like, that's also just kind of part of the game like you know these sacred places just they're um ephemeral even if you know they last for decades it's always always a possibility that it's not going to be there again yeah i think as much as skateboarding progresses off of finding the new stuff it also progresses off of some of the old stuff going away no matter how much of a bummer that's going to be and i guess you know i jotted it down in the notes like skateboarding is ephemeral like everything about it you know if, unless it's documented and even we know the documentation nothing's permanent with that but you know shoes boards everything spots like yeah feelings. i think it's <laughs> feelings it's all just a part of like you know it's all just moving forward i think i also you know wrote down skaters like we're all old we're, we're, we're all ephemeral in this game yeah i think it, it's part of the progression but uh, like we lost uh they demolished this parking garage in downtown Minneapolis that everybody had been skating for 30 years in different ways. Because like at one point it had a bunch of manual pads and then they dropped a bunch of asphalt in there and like created new stuff to skate inadvertently. And that got knocked down for a new government building. And, um, you know, I try to be a little bit more blase about it. At least I front like I am. But it's definitely a bummer that that place is gone just because I even found myself being like, oh, yeah, like this winter, like, I'm going to try this in there. I haven't done that. And it's like, no, that's gone. So there's there's a little bit of like ghost appendage or something with these spots when they do go. It's kind of hard to always digest that they're gone. Yeah, it, this got me thinking about like how the, how the people or the organizations that do own these spots feel about them being like iconic. Like, you know, like you think of like El Toro is this famous handrail where people go to prove themselves. But like to the, the school system, it's just like, this is just a handrail. Like I didn't even notice that this handrail is a thing. And these people that come here are just a nuisance, but it's like, you know, these, these places are so important to us, you know, like Paul O'Connor, the sociology researcher. Um, he wrote about sacred places in skateboarding and like the pilgrimages that we make. And, 
I don't know. I don't know where this is going. Just, just wanted to get the plug in for Paul O'Connor and his work. Uh, he shared a link with me yeah. that, uh, that I can share with the listeners. So that'll be in the show notes to his his piece on sacred places and skateboarding. Yeah, I mean, I think in this country, uh, like I think I mentioned this before on this podcast, like the people in authority just like flexing their authority for the hell of it. You know what I mean? Like the police, the government shit. Like, for example, like if you look at uh, Hotel de Ville, what they did over there, they actually kind of treated it like in a rational type of fashion. Like they were like, all right, well, there's this place that people like to skate at. And um, what's his name? The cliche guy, Jeremy Docklin, I think, kind of had a hand in orchestrating. And they had a meeting and, you know, approached it in a kind of rational way that respected you know culture and that kind of thing and they fixed it up and now it's awesome so that's the kind of thing that i really don't see happening in this country unfortunately yeah it seems like france has a lot of respect for all the different stakeholders that um you know have a a piece of these different places yeah yeah for sure whereas here in america it's like you know whoever the owner is, is the only stakeholder. Yeah. And like, and you know, with public space, it's like whatever, you know, the park department decides this space is for is what this space is for. And, you know, nobody really cares what, you know, the public has decided what the space is for. Yeah. And, you know, just, you know, like in Copenhagen and stuff, they like design public parks to be skated and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it's just, I guess it's a whole different, uh, point of view over there they kind of respect culture and aesthetics and that kind of thing not so much over here yeah, not so much now maybe maybe one day yeah hopefully but wondering you guys um, i know we touched a little bit on tricks that came to mind but if you wanted to call out some favorites at the banks jason what, what are your favorites oh well damn definitely of course uh the world switch 360 flip over the wall um pep pepe martinez rest in peace had a cool like switch 360 flip on the small banks fine artist and what else do i got here yeah the javier switch flip, of course that's iconic also like just those two clips that surfaced of mike carroll just like ollieing kick flipping and 180 over the wall those are pretty dope because you don't think of carroll skating shit like that skating the banks but yeah he ripped it so those are just a few. Also, there's this one photo of like Joey Alvarez, uh, who was one of the dopest skaters back then, just doing a switch back tail on the ledges. That was pretty iconic too. Like iconic trick. You could see like you know what I mean. The venture is really good. That was pretty dope. Shout out that guy. Yeah, I was looking at the Chrome Ball incidents, Brooklyn Banks post, and I was just like, oh my god, like so many of these photos are so iconic. It's just such a photogenic spot with the bridge, oh, yeah. the bridge, and you know the city and graffiti. It just like you know, and there's like a nollie heel flip on us on the small banks, which is like not a trick worth shooting a photo of, but it looks so sick. It's like totally oh, worth yeah. shooting a photo. Like I'm so glad that that photo exists. And yeah, I think that's just a testament to how cool the banks are. Oh yeah. Well, and, I, and like I can't necessarily think of the photo of the nollie heel off the top of my head, but you know, I'm picturing like it's a fisheye shot way in there you got yeah the texture of the banks you got a dude in dope clothes like i think it it probably or maybe speaks to um you know there's definite nostalgia for it and a lot of the elements that make it what it is for us like are kind of old head things 
but um yeah it's hard to beat just how photogenic that place is and just yeah it's a city i wanted to yeah make sure that that carol kickflip over the wall <laughs> got brought up because god that's good i don't know how he does that also wanted to bring up zared skating the wall rides um oh yeah for sure i'd seen that it's a switch backside wall ride I don't even know how to name this properly. Switch wall ride, frontside half cab flip out, where I don't, I, that makes no sense to me because A, those aren't like a skate park bank to wall. The bank's short, everything's rugged. But the separation he gets off the wall to do that frontside half cab flip out to like just kind of like fall out of the air on it, incredible. And then um, he posted as part of that like rally on Instagram to save the banks or at least get the parks or whoever department to to pay some attention he had a switch flip frontside wall ride that i don't think i'd ever seen and um again just like for how tight that obstacle was and for how few times i think that trick's ever been done probably like yeah it that sounds dude, awkward that, as hell to like I, accomplish i i can uh, this is a dumb dumb claim just because i mostly can't like switch backside flip i can get my head around it a little bit more than doing it switching backside but like still i don't think i'd ever ever seen it and a you know perfect zared no hands on the wall none of that damn i have to check that out it sounds inconceivable on his instagram within the past week week and a half yeah yeah it'll be linked in the show notes there you go Ooh, and one more thing i i know the the kalis switch backside heel flip was mentioned and I, I i should point out that's wild if that was the same day as that switch tray flip by welsh but um he also had a switch heel flip over the wall it was one of those like really it, it looked like a switch heel flip but it was so just like controlled it's a very specific type of switch heel that i always enjoy and he had like red links on so it was it was very dope you guys oh wait speaking of kalis and best tricks at the banks uh that one kick flip oh yeah in uh peep this i think where it's like yeah, soup su- over the yeah. barrel yeah, where where it's super boned out, you know what I mean? That's insane, like how he kicked that. Actually, actually, if uh, if you skate Twitter, people remember like a couple months ago, there was a uh, controversy as to whether there was a bump there or not. And Kalis himself, I think Kyle Beachy was able to reach out to Kalis himself, who responded that, yeah, it was like a little bump, like a little ripple in the bricks. Yeah, I think it was. It was like a. Yeah, I think Kalis said it was more like mellower than a handicap bump to rail so i just i just pictured it more of a mind bump like yeah it'll give you a little juice if you let it but you could also totally not get any juice off it yeah it's like barely there you know what i mean so that kickflip was pretty crazy for sure shout out kalis yeah yeah always shout out kalis i I will throw a shout out out there which is keith huffnagel doing just like frontside ollie 270 on the little banks going hella fast and actually like skying over the tops of it so he wasn't doing that weird like awkward deck check thing kind of weirded me out yeah a lot of good good skateboarding went down there for sure i'm just i've got that chrome ball post open right now and it's just like rad shit after rad shit even like super early stuff you know like that iconic photo of harold hunter just doing an ollie it's like a little bit like maybe shot a little early on the upward trajectory just looks so sick. I think maybe just speaking for myself, we'll see what you guys think. But like those early trans world videos always had like a what what was it in in the print product? It was New York Minute, but they were kind of 
they'd always have like a montage and a half or like a part that was New York and it was heavy, heavy banks. You know, oh, yeah. Freddie yeah, Gall doing the kickflip wall ride. And a lot of the tricks we just brought up were actually in like maybe the fifth trans world video, I want to say. But like they'd always they'd always offer that footage as kind of a counterbalance to all the Southern California stuff. And so I think at least for me, you know, it was so different than everything else in those videos that I watched a thousand times. So it's definitely like ingrained in the memory, something different and something like more interesting than everything else. Yeah, it's it's interesting how like media has shaped our experience of the banks, you know, like. For Mike and I, we've been there like once. So most of our experience with the banks is through magazines and videos. And we, you know, we still find it important enough to talk about just because of that. Not even as a place that we're maybe ever going to skate again if it does come back. Right. Right. Yeah. I guess this whole podcast is about skateboarding (laughs) being mediated. (laughs) Yes. Except for like, you know, the building ramps topics medium is a ramp escape medium does that make sense no it's like a uh, no it's just something to skate <laughs> but uh you know the brooklyn banks was one of the levels in first couple tony hawk's pro skater video games indeed it was and this week tony hawk and others involved in the original tony hawk pro skater video game announced that in september the game parts one and two would be remastered and re-released a lot of people, even outside of the regular skate circles, were hyped that the game is getting some new life some 20 years on. Mike, are you rushing out to buy it? Maybe. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I'm not a console owner as of right now. I was kind of more tempted by getting like a Nintendo Switch. But uh, yeah, it is kind of tempting because I spent a lot of time playing that video game. In fact, I spent a lot of time playing the demo disc for that video game which was just a single level the warehouse and like a single skater um jonathan smith who is a skater and former editor of vice had a good mike.com piece more of a preview just a newser that like the video game was coming out but he shared a very similar experience to like going in insanely hard on this single level cd (laughs) i think he said he got it with like a pizza hut delivery but I'm pretty sure that it came in like a Game Informer magazine. Either way, it was like me and my friends, you know, one of us would get it and then it'd be like a mission to find another one of the one of the discs. So, yeah, I've definitely got a connection to the video game. Definitely played the full version when it came out. Definitely played the second version, part two. It was extra amped because like they got the nolly inward heel flip animation correct by that time. Um, kind of trailed off after that, but... Um, yeah, were you guys THPS heads? Yeah, I used to play it on uh, Nintendo 64. Like, when I moved back home after college, my brother had it on Nintendo 64, like, played the shit out of it. But, um, you know, with video games, the way I look at it, there's three criteria. There's the game mechanics, of course. There's narrative. And then there's the visuals. Like, when they all come together... And that's, you know, classic. That's basically like in just as much as an art form as uh, anything else, you know. And the Tony Hawk, what I've seen before, what I've seen so far, I don't even think it's gameplay. I think it's just like a uh, cinematic trailer. Okay. Yeah, it, it seems to have like the mechanics, the visuals, but uh, don't know if it has enough narrative, you know what I mean, or, or juice to kind of 
get me to buy it the first day. Yeah, I mean, what's the narrative of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Like, I, I have to confess, I'm not much of a gamer. I think I probably pay, played uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater maybe like once or twice, and I remember being. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember like I'm just like not good at video games. Like, I, I'm like the person who plays a driving game and like moves the controller like a steering wheel because I'm, I'm just like I don't know, <laughs> I'm just not good. But I remember my experience with, with a THPS was like seeing just like a sick ledge in the game and being like, oh, I just want to like do like a normal trick, like a backsmith on this ledge and just not being able to accomplish that with like a, you know, a series of button mashes, you know, I was like flipping in and out and like doing all this weird shit. And I was just like, I just want to do like a simple trick. Like if, if this ledge was existing in the real world, I would have way more fun on it than in this video game where like the possibilities are seemingly endless. Yeah, yeah, that's my whole thing. Like, just skating ledges and shit. Like, you could just button mash and do like whatever five forty kickflip out and shit. You know what I mean? I think like Skate Three. I actually own Skate Three. I haven't really played that much, but it's more like realistic in terms of actually skating. Like, oh, you can like you know fifty fifty a ledge, like kicking up some stairs, blah blah blah. blah. But uh, yeah, like you said, like now with like the limited gaming time that I have, I'd rather spend some time like just totally totally escaping from reality you know what i mean just it was as whatever like a samurai or like a uh like a black ops operative or whatever so that's where that narrative comes in yeah 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 exactly yeah some games don't have a narrative like call of duty has at least in the um player versus player version has no narrative it's purely like tactical combat and it's pretty intense like some games don't even need a narrative but you know what I mean? That's just my opinion. But uh, well, if it's player versus player, you're creating your own narrative of like, I'm I'm gonna kill this other person. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> and those stakes are high enough to make it interesting. I think. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, what I've seen just like in the cinematic trailer, it's like, well, there's some place that's like the pit or whatever with these giant quarter pipes and Tony Hawk's doing like a 900 or whatever. You know what I mean? So I I think it'll be fucking huge. Because just did some rudimentary internet research here, and all the Tony Hawk games estimated 1.4 billion in sales. And a lot of the kids that were into it, like when it came out, they're like all grown up now, and they got money. So I think I think it'll be fucking huge. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it'll be huge. And I remember early on, all the characters I think were getting pretty sweet royalty deals for being in the game. Oh yeah. So I wonder if this, uh, you know, the original cast is getting the original royalty deal on this game. Because I know later the royalties weren't so sweet as uh, other skaters discovered that being in a video game was a great way to sell boards. Yeah, who knows? But it it is the original cast or whatever. Like Caballero, Roly, Bucky Lasik, uh, Alyssa, Kareem, Andrew Reynolds, Bob Burnquist, and the Muska. <laughs> So hopefully you can still do that. His signature move, what was it? Like a one-footed Smith grind or something holding a boombox? 5-0? Yeah, or some shit like that. It was kind of, yeah. It was like a frontside 5-0 kind of like judo kick. <laughs> How am, I just got a mental image. I do wonder. Um, we, we got some. It's It's worth pointing out that that original game like impacted skateboard culture probably... Like in ways, I don't know. We've we've 
at least on Twitter, we've talked about like overcrook not being a thing, and then the video came came out and made it a thing, just in terms of like the way Jamie Thomas would nose grind a handrail frontside. Uh, you do wonder if like the ghetto bird is gonna stay in there, which is a pretty problematic specialty move for a black skateboarder. Um, also, kind of lame that like is for a hard flip 180 and not a nolly hard flip 180. Like, I, I wonder if any of our they're not anachronisms, but uh, just a uh, errors i wonder if 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 we're gonna get a more uh reality facing video game or you know as often happens did the did the video game create the new reality and there's no need to correct it yeah sorry I'm laughing <laughs> at myself <laughs> no i'm i'm just trying to take it in uh, i like it sucks because i don't have much experience with the game so i don't know like i mean certainly the ghetto bird came from skateboarding you know they didn't invent invent that but i'm sure it being in the game made it into a more uh more popular more well-known trick i do believe so. the the name came from the game though i don't think anybody ever had referred to it as that no i feel like i'd heard of it yeah that's a hard flip late 180 that the with the ghetto bird is? yeah yeah in the video yeah. game yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure i've like seen that heard that pre-video game um out in the real world yeah, I think just in terms of Kareem, because that was his like signature trick, or maybe not. I'm not sure. I can't remember him ever doing like a regular hard flip, late 180. I remember seeing Dustin Charlton doing that trick, a hard flip, late 180, or in this case, a late 90 over a hip uh, in Virginia somewhere, um, probably around the same time as the video game. You know, freshman and sophomore in college so i i don't know i I think the ghetto bird was uh in the lexicon pre-video game okay yeah but yeah i think it kind of exploded after that like who is that guy andrew pot yep did a shit ton of them i might have uh i won a best trick contest doing one 183 dollars and like some change nice yeah man now i'm i'm envisioning seeing i remember seeing dustin charlton on this same hip do a frontside shove it late backside 180 on over this hip or like you know backside 90 and just thinking that that was really fucking dope it it seemed like a little more chilled out than the ghetto bird the shove it huh yeah just front yeah. shove late backside 90 i just think of Real cool colin, colin mckay and questionable does one of those down like a five stair and then nolly late flips it the next clip yeah some vancouver steps Yep. So before Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out, like me and my buddies were definitely aching for some sort of like skateboard video game. And we actually played one called Cool Borders, which was a snowboard game. But it had, I don't know, I think it was like vibed enough with skateboarding. Probably. No, it didn't have like more realistic controls or like tricks than THPS. But like it was on that same hyper real tip where like you could spin a i don't know a 3000 <laughs> instead of like yeah. just topping out at 720 or whatever that almost seems more fun to me it's almost like skating is like too close to home you know like i don't know that much about snowboarding so like doing a you know 1480 nose grind <laughs> for like 300 yeah. feet like I, I won't be thinking in the back of my head like this could, no one could this could never happen this is like kind of whack or whatever like it's just like I'm just playing this video game and there's like some grinds and slides and that makes me happy. 
one big difference between the THPS franchise and Skate 3 is, like, there's real spots in Tony Hawk. Like, there's the Brooklyn Banks. There was, I think there was Embarcadero in the first one. There was, like, Love Park in the second one. Like, what other, like, iconic spots were there? In the first one, there was Minneapolis, but it bore no resemblance to the actual place in any way, shape, or form. It was just, like, a generic downtown, like, office building. Yeah. Type of shit. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's like they use the same setup as, like, a Gotham City from some (laughs) Batman video game from 1995. It's too bad they didn't put in the effort to make it mimic the the actual city because they you know they they put in the work to do it for the more iconic spots but I guess you know you got limited resources so you got to invest them where it counts. So there was a screenshot from the new one that uh, that a local put out on social media and there's there's a chance that they like looked at photos of the Hennepin County Government Center which is like kind of the centerpiece of downtown Minneapolis and put it in the video game so maybe maybe that's my buying point for the game like you got minneapolis this time um but yeah i think it's worth mentioning just other skate games that are a little like they're not quite on the skate three timeline they're more closer to the original release of tony hawk pro skater there was one called grind session which is a fantastic name (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. day one and willie santos and i don't remember who else was in that video game but that one was like you could do a kickflip crooked grind and it seemed a little sketchier and it wasn't as fast as tony hawk and so there was like that one got you closer to really enjoying like i'm just gonna sit here and backtail fakie this ledge you know uh, <laughs> yeah. and then i never really mellow. played it yeah it was mellow yeah it was a grind session uh, <laughs> I never played it, but there was it. Was the game called Thrasher Skate and Destroy? I, I know Thrasher had that. a game for sure. Yeah, was that for the PlayStation One? I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was like wow. early two thousand, and it was it, from, by reputation. I don't know. I, I might have played it, but by reputation, it was like too hard to actually really do tricks, which led some people to really love it. Like, it was uh, some sort of realistic representation of skateboarding and that it was, like, mind-numbingly hard. Yeah, that sounds so not fun. <laughs> As a 40-year-old who doesn't know how to do a nollie kickflip, like, you know, <laughs> I'm just not willing to put the time in to figure that out. So, yeah, I don't want to uh, too real. Yeah, there's just a, a small window of real but not too real, I guess, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, like, I'd probably get bummed out playing it, you know, just, like, saying to myself, dude, you should just fucking go skate, like, for real. Like, what are you doing? You know? But uh, I think E3, E3 is, like, the big convention where all the uh, video game makers, like, debut, like, all their new games. Hopefully, they'll come out with some new, like, gameplay footage and shit then or by then. So, I don't know. It might be pretty tight. Might fuck with it a little bit. So, you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, E3 is like, I think it's like end of June, beginning of July or something. Who knows what form it'll take now, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's when all like the, you know, Sega, Nintendo, and Microsoft, and, you know, all the devs like debut all their new shit that's supposedly coming out in the next year. So hopefully they'll come out with like some more gameplay and shit for that. You know, I'm looking at this list of skaters who are in, in the original cast and 
you know, it doesn't read to me like a very current list of skaters, you know, like Bob Burnquist, Bucky Lasik, Chad Muska, you know, like, what have you done for me lately? Uh, <laughs> and yeah. it, it, make, it makes me wonder, like, who who should be in the game? Oh, like if they did like a, a cast of like modern day? Right. Like certainly Alexis Sablone would be in the game. Yeah, yeah, Alexis, um, Tyshawn. Yeah. Um, Chris Jocelyn, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just really, really agreeing with these. Uh, yeah, it's too uh, P Rod. P Rod. Yeah, 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 definitely P Rod. Um, Tiago. I guess some yeah, of guess... these guys are in some other skate video game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Westgate or in some other one. Yeah, fuck. What, what is that? Because I think, think like Shane O'Neill's in it or something. Is that a, a like an, an app game as opposed to a console game? or? I have no idea. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, skate video games. They're, uh, they're, the, they're the big thing. It's like, what do you do? Yeah. Apropos uh, of just, um, you know, Templeton up. bringing up the whole cast, grind session cast of skaters. Santos, Day One, Carabeth Burnside, John Cardiel. Whoa. Steven Pigpen Spear. Pigpen got a payday. Ed Templeton was in that game. I, I don't know if I ever played as Ed, unfortunately. And you could also play uh, Dave Carney, who was a playable secret skater. He was in a yellow jumpsuit. Damn, actually sounds pretty sick. <laughs> oh, and you know what? Video, you know? Okay, so now now I'm just scrolling down the Wikipedia page. They had, quote, Da Banks, parenthetical <laughs> NYC. And I guess you could get a Slam City Jam, PlayStation Park in London, SF Mission, and you could get Burnside. So there's your pig pen tie-in. Was Burnside in Tony Hawk? Maybe in later editions? I think it was. I seem to recall it being there. Because you could like go up the vert wall and do like a, a 1080 or whatever. <laughs> you got to give props to the myth-making for that little dude who did the 1080 on, on a half pipe. My ramp's shittier, so give me more props. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, hey, well... Those kids, they have like such a low center of gravity, like it's like nothing. Yeah, and they've got you know all the possibility models. Yeah, they've, they've seen it be done, so they can know that it's doable. I don't want to take anything away from him. Like that's fucking sick that he did oh, a 1080. Okay. It's it's incredible. It's just I think uh you know it was like a week lag time after it showed up on Instagram or whatever, and all of a sudden like NPRs putting in quotes in the headline. Fair enough, like holy grail trick and it's like oh yeah really <laughs> it made it to npr oh yeah oh yeah npr oh. the guardian maybe willie staley's already writing the times magazine piece about <laughs> i don't know man fuck what I, I was trying to like come up with a joke like grail trick have you never heard of a nose blunt in the middle of a ledge uh, but, <laughs> I, don't know, like, I get it what is my grail trick i don't even know yeah i get it Within reason? Yeah. Not within reason, but when Chaz Ortiz started doing like the backside 180 nose grind, switch heel, or switch flip out, that really hit me like, god damn it, that would be amazing to do. Shit, just backside 180 nose grind's really good. It's kind of a grail trick for me. Uh, I love that trick, but I cannot do it. Me, uh, I guess, I don't know, just like a nice backside nose one slide on a ledge. Yeah. That, that would be great. 
Yeah, fuck. A Ford, of course. That would be sensational. Yeah, I'd be fucking hyped. I'd be stoked to land a backside nose one slide <laughs> on anything. Which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on magazines because in the past eh, month and a half, two months, I've subscribed to some magazines that I used to bring into my house on a pretty regular basis. A lot more home time, so there's uh, just like not an excuse not to have magazines come in here. Re-upped the New York Review of Books sub. I love that publication, just like this broadsheet newsprint, big fields of type, boring, nerdy <laughs> reading, but a lot of history, a lot of criticism. It's always good. And then a little bit more on topic for this podcast. I was killing time in the basement this week with my kid and um, found a box of skateboard magazines that I had completely forgotten I had. I lived in a house that had a basement that would flood, so I lost a bunch of magazines, and then I even held on to some of the waterlogged ones, but then the last time I moved into my current house, I threw a bunch away just because they were molding, they were falling apart, they were terrible. Forgot that I'd kept 50 of them, give or take, so there's a bunch of good, like, old Transworld, Thrasher, some Big Brother, um and some slap those are all the magazines had the transworld 50 states issue stoked on that um thrasher with like danny way backside nose blunt sliding uh the top of a car random ones like a lot of late 90s thrashers early phone book size transworld so i'm gonna definitely dive into that maybe the crown jewel of them all is uh this crazy it's like a i did big brother usually emulate like if they did a, a parody cover did they like emulate the print size of the publication they were taking on Do you guys remember if that uh, they changed their prints the size like almost every issue for the first 10 issues i think yeah well i think so i've got one from 97 it's big brother as national geographic bill pepper on the cover doing like a shifty ollie and it's got that yellow border but um yeah, 1997 issue that has what's probably like the first uh, article about Minneapolis that's not all vert. It's got some of uh, you know, some of the guys that are still around skating nowadays in it. So that I, I was stoked to find that I'd completely forgotten that I had that box of magazines. So quite stoked. <laughs> those Jason, those old mags are like such a hit of nostalgia, you know, because like, I think that we all probably looked at them like a million times you know, waiting for the next issue to come. So lots of good vibes there. Oh, yeah, you, you definitely like, oh, yeah, I know this cover. I could tell you like three things in this magazine. Mm-hmm. Somehow that information is available for recall. Yeah. Jason, what are you stoked on? Well, this week, uh, stoked on Venture Trucks as always. And I think a lot of people have gotten really into the slides and grinds competition on YouTube from Brazil. And the cool part about that get to discover, get put onto a lot of dope skaters that you never would have seen otherwise. For me, like the dopest guy that I found out through Slides and Grinds is this guy, Lucas Marquez. And he has a really dope part in this video. What's that video called? It's called Gato Preto. Just like, just search for uh, Lucas Marquez video part on YouTube. This dude's really dope because he has basically like perfect balance. You know, like a lot of skaters, like, they land with their body perfectly centered in the bolts and, you know, with their arms pretty much still almost like a, like a Gino type of thing. 
like totally cool style, totally relaxed. So that dude is dope. Hopefully he'll get hooked up with something better in the near future. So yeah, pretty stoked on that dude and that video part. And finally, pretty stoked on the content that uh, Crail Tap has been putting out on the Instagram live. Today they did like a variety show type of thing with like cooking and yoga and all types of shit. And the last thing they did was, I guess, just a Q&A with Mike Carroll and Jacob Rosenberg. So obviously that's totally in my wheelhouse. So that was pretty sick. I thought, no, I think it was they were like reviewing or just talking about the Beastie Boys documentary. So pretty stoked on that. Hopefully they'll keep keep up that kind of shit because it's pretty tight. Fun yeah, fact, they can, you can save Instagram live uh, streams onto Instagram TV now. So, yeah, hopefully oh, it's, ah. you know, archived on the Crail Tap IGTV. Show notes. Show notes if it's there. Yeah, Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? Uh, this week I am stoked on my new-to-me mountain bike. I bought a mountain bike off of a coworker that I'm very excited about riding. Uh, it doesn't have any brakes yet, so I have to wait until the 18th when my brakes show up, and then I have to install those brakes, which, you know, I've never done before, so hopefully that works out good. But, you know, by next week, I will be stoked on probably riding my new mountain bike and hopefully finding some cutty little trails in my neighborhood. So, yeah, that's what I'm stoked on. How fast do you anticipate this mountain bike <laughs> to be? uh it's a it has like the 29 inch wheels Ooh. yeah so i think it's going to be pretty fast uh but certainly not as fast as the road bike and i think i mentioned this previously but i'm now extremely dubious about the speed that strava has been telling me so i i don't think i've been going as fast as i thought i was although i did catch up with a car on my hill this morning and had to hit my brakes <laughs> which i was kind of pissed about so that's uh, that's what I'm stoked on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm psyched on a new bike. Yeah. Uh, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links to the things that we've talked about and other show notes. Uh, until then, you can keep up with us online all week. Jason, where can the people find you? On the Twitter, uh, at Carbonite1994. On the Instagram, at FrozenInCarbonite. And writing stuff for Quartersnacks.com. Nice. New stuff coming soon? Coming soon. Working on a couple new things for the early summer, late spring. All right. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at mmunzenrider. Maybe putting together uh, a thing for Village Psychic that might even be out when this comes out about uh, a question of frontside or backside when it comes to grinding round surfaces. So we'll see, uh -oh. what, we'll see if that happens and yeah, that's pretty relevant because it was hotly debated on skate Twitter today. Certainly. Yeah, my, my was, mentions are still <laughs> the mentions are still blazing. Does anybody think that it was in poor taste for the dude to come and do the exact same thing frontside? Are they homies? That's what I was trying <laughs> to figure out. I don't know. I like to me, it was just like fuck, man. Like. That's just some kid who knows where that spot is and was like, I want to get some shine too. I'll just do the exact same trick. But it, it, it's frontside, so it's a different trick. But You got to fight at that point. <laughs> I, I think they should fight in the trough. <laughs> I think they should get the timing down right so that they just grind into each other, annihilate, and end, <laughs> end the debate. <laughs> 
Well, there's a lot of options there, <laughs> which you can uh, tweet me at mostly skate or DM me on Instagram at mostly skateboarding. Uh, that's our show for this week. See you guys next time. Later. Later.